Welcome to Tori Studio, the podcast. I'm your host, Tori Hill. I'm a nature lover, skinny dipper, traveler, and proud creator of the Rinse and Repeat Wellness Program. Empowering others to break free and step into their own dreams is what lights me up. Through my personal experience with anxiety and unworthiness, I know firsthand what is required for true self-growth, and I'm here to spill all of it to you. Whether your vision is to feel more peace in your life, identify your dreams, or take action towards them, this podcast is for you. Now is all we have, so let's get started. Hey, before we get into this episode, I want to invite you to the upcoming retreat in May. This will be a day retreat on one of my favorite mountains in Vermont. And if you are listening to this, then that means that there are a few spots left. So I'm putting the link down in the show notes. And if this sparks your interest, make sure to check it out. I'd love to have you there. Have you had those moments in life where you just need to hit pause and escape for a minute, where you're craving space and time to reconnect with yourself? I was there in a really big way in 2019, which is how I ended up at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health at one of Renee Trudeau's famous self-renewal women's retreats. And since that retreat, I have experienced so much magic, dreams that I could not even dream of before attending that retreat. And this is why I'm thrilled to be able to interview Renee in this podcast episode. And in this episode, of course, you guessed it, we're going to dive into the magic of retreats. Why attend a retreat? But before we dive in, I would like to share a bit of information about Renee. So Renee is an internationally recognized transformational coach, speaker, and author. Her clients include Fortune 500 companies, nonprofit organizations, national conferences, and leadership teams. She has been facilitating transformational events for more than 25 years. She is on the faculty at Kripalu, Omega, and other prestigious institutions, and she has been featured in the New York Times, U.S. News, and World Report, Good Housekeeping, Parenting, Spirituality, and Health, and more. Renee is the author of two best-selling books on life balance, including The Mother's Guide to Self-Renewal, How to Reclaim, Rejuvenate, and Rebalance Your Life. And her and her team have certified over 400 women leaders in more than 10 countries to lead self-renewal groups based on her award-winning curriculum. Renee is originally from Austin, Texas, and Um, is now a new empty nester living in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Western North Carolina. 
And her newest work, her newest project is The Wild Souls Nature Adventures. So I'm going to put all of this information down in the show notes so you can explore Renee's work. And at the end of this podcast episode, I am going to tell you how you can enter to win a giveaway to attend one of Renee's upcoming retreats on December 19th all about sovereignty. And this is a virtual retreat, so you can do it in the pleasure of your own home. And I will actually be there. So stay tuned for that at the end of the podcast episode. And without further ado, meet Renee. Amazing. Oh my gosh, this episode is such a treat. We have Renee Trudeau with us. And Um, as the listeners know, I always love to share how I kind of stumbled across these really important people in my life. And Renee is definitely one of them. Um, in 2019, I became engaged to my now husband and it was such a beautiful moment. But a week after I had this moment of panic because I realized that I knew my partner better than I knew myself. And that really bugged me. And so I confided in my mom. We're really close. And she knows of a beautiful place called Kripalu, which is in Massachusetts. And I looked at the website and I was looking at the retreats and Renee's retreat popped up. And when I read the description, my whole heart just exploded and all I called to secure my spot and all of the spots were filled and I was devastated because I'm like, this is what I need. And about a couple of weeks later, I called to check back in and someone at Kripalu worked some magic and I got in and I attended the retreat and it truthfully was one of the most freeing experiences of my life to go to a retreat alone. And the space that Renee holds at her retreats is so, um, I don't really know another word other than magical. I mean, it was just a beautiful, um, expansive time in my life. And it really gave me the space um, and structure that I needed to to start that journey of reconnecting with myself. And Renee, I wanted to share a little um, piece of my letter that I wrote to myself on the last day of the retreat. Um, (laughs) And this letter is from my wise self. This was Renee's instructions to write a letter from your wise self. And so a piece of it reads, my guidance message secret for you, start dreaming. Dream small and big. When you begin to plan your dreams, and we both know you will, do so with patience, compassion, and most importantly, with play. And I wrote this letter in October of 2019, Renee, and in April of 2020, I was hit with the idea to start a wellness program. And so I really like to think that your retreat was the springboard to where I am now. And so I just want to say thank you and welcome. Wow. That makes my heart just leap with joy, Tori, to hear that, all of it, the whole thing. And and how profound to have the awareness. Like I know 
my fiance better than I know myself. Wow. At that, at that moment, that's so profound. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I know that we're also, we're in for a treat regarding a grounding that you offered to do. Are you still up for it, Renee? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're all moving so fast right now. And I know a lot of things are, are coming back, you know, online in terms of our world pre-pandemic. And so I think it's just as, as often as we can, you know, from stillness comes discernment. Mm-hmm. So as often as we can, just pausing and tuning in. So I would invite our, our listeners, our community, our tribe here to really um, put their devices away, put their phones away if they can. Um, if they're, if they're, you know, listening on their phone, we understand, but put your phone away, put your laptop away as much as you can as you're listening and, and experiencing this with us and really feel your seat, really feel yourself contact with, have contact with the surface that you're sitting on, whether it be on the floor, whether it be on a chair and place both feet firmly on the ground. You might even take off your shoes. I was just going for a walk and I had my feet in the river and I've got my bare feet on the wood floor, which feels really good. And I'm gonna invite you to connect with your breath. And as you connect with your breath, just noticing with curiosity and not needing to change a thing, if you're breathing from your belly or from your chest. No judgment, no criticism, just curiosity. Noticing if your breathing is shallow or deep. Notice if it's smooth or jagged. You might place one hand on your belly and one hand over the center of your chest. That can be really grounding for our nervous system. Oh, just doing that. I just feel a sense of coming home. And I invite you to just feel the air and the temperature of the air on your skin. Listening to the sounds inside the room where you are and perhaps the sounds outside the room. Noticing if there's a predominant thought or story that's kind of dancing across your mind right now. You can kind of wave it on like you'd wave a a train at the train station. I'll come back to you later. But right now, I'm just going to be with myself. This is my time to just really come home to myself and connect and be open to what I most need to hear. And I invite you to bring your awareness to the area above the crown of your head, letting your awareness cascade down to your shoulders, your upper arms, elbows, forearms, and hands. You might wiggle your fingers a little. Letting your awareness cascade down upper chest into your torso, front body, back body, side body. Bringing your awareness down into your hips, your pelvis, your thighs, your knees, your calves and your feet. You might look at your toes a little. Just feeling your 72 trillion cells present and alive. Staying connected to your breath.
can I invite you to just bring in a sense of openness, you know, that you will hear what you most need to hear today, whatever it is that you most need to hear, it will land in your heart. And taking a deep inhale through your nose, and then releasing through your mouth with a sigh. <sighs> Here we are. Thank you so much. Oh, I feel, oh, I am so grounded right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I feel my, my awareness move down into my belly. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Renee. Oh, my mind dropped back into the present for sure. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I would love to turn it over to you and ask my first question now that we're super present and here together right now. I'm wondering if you would mind sharing your story, Renee, and you can revolve that around your journey with retreats if you would like, but in a, in a big picture type of way, how did you get to this version of you? Um, yeah, I'm going to turn it over. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> let me, let me share at a high level. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah. it's been a journey, um, for sure. At the, but at the 30,000 foot view, I am the oldest of seven children. Um, I grew up in an, in an overachiever family, a beautiful family of physicians and scientists and artists and musicians, and um, a lot of focus on productivity and achieving. And so I kind of drank that Kool-Aid early on. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with playing big. Nothing wrong with accomplishing. Nothing wrong with achieving. Um, but I got to this point in my life um, probably starting around my late 20s, early 30s, where I realized that my pace and my way of accomplishing was not sustainable. It was not sustainable. So I would get, I was a communications executive for about 15 years before I moved into the work that I do now and became self-employed. And I would get a client on the cover of National Geographic, you know, and then wouldn't even pause before, like they have to be in Nova, on the, on the Nova show and they have to be on the cover of Smithsonian. And I would just keep going and going, kind of raising the bar for myself. A lot of feelings of like not good enough. A lot of feelings of my worth tied to my productivity. Mm -hmm. So um, begin to unpack that. And I had mentors enter my life in my thirties that kept talking about self-care mm -hmm. and you know, with my, my type A temperament, I was like, what are you asking me to lie on the couch all day and have bonbons? Like, what is this self-care stuff, you know? And, um, but I, I do have an open mind and I'd love to learn. And I always pay attention when things happen in threes. Do you do that, Tori? Do you pay attention when things happen in threes? That's a, that they, they say that's a message sometimes. Like when three people or three, you get three pings about something, you know? Okay, I'll be more aware. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I had three people that kept talking to me about self-care over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I got curious. Um, I ended up guiding a journey for a group of eight women. We met once a week for a whole year, exploring um, the theme of self-care. And I'll be honest, I did it because um, someone told me that I could be more productive and more creative and get more done <laughs> if I practice self-care. 
But you know, you just gotta meet yourself where you are. You gotta meet yourself exactly where you are. And that's where I, that's where I was then. So began this journey and, um, you know, and, and noticed, uh, really at the beginning had a lot come up for me around emotional self-care. I noticed that I was critical of myself. I was judgmental. I had what my friend um, and author Christina Rilo calls a lot of inner mean girl talk. So um, I would go and do a big branding presentation at a, a big corporation that I worked for in biotech and I would just nail it. And then I'd walk out of there and say, oh my gosh, you forgot this and you forgot this and you could have you know, done better in this area. Mm-hmm. And I was mortified, Tori. I thought, who, who speaks to themselves like that? I would never say that to a girlfriend. I would never say that to my sister, my younger sister. So I began to be aware of my relationship to myself and it wasn't very kind. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about self-care, really, you know, there's physical, most of us get that, moving our bodies, staying hydrated, you know, emotional self-care, the care and feeding of our hearts, you know, journaling, asking for help, um, and really looking at how, what, what our inner dialogue is, spiritual self-care, and really connecting to the divine, connecting to something larger than ourselves and feeling that sense of deep purpose. And then mental or intellectual self-care, getting out of our comfort zone, stretching, doing something different, learning a new skill. Um, and so, you know, began that journey and it unfolded. And um, I became more and more curious about self-care. I started um, leading women's groups. I started having my first book came from that, um, The Mother's Guide to Self-Renewal, How to Reclaim, Rejuvenate, Rebalance Your Life. And we began um, training at their request facilitators around the globe. We trained about 450 facilitators in 10 countries around the globe to lead self-care groups for women. And I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into my practice and into my, like really an intimacy with myself, really befriending myself, not abandoning myself. Mm. Um, and so, you know, continued on that journey and, and that unfolded, I began doing a lot of speaking more and more, more and more speaking globally and leading retreats. And I would say where I am right now, I just love where I am right now. I, I became an empty nester about a year ago, and I very intentionally and consciously moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. So I'm right outside this really cool town of Asheville, which is a lot like Austin, Texas, which is where I'm from. Um, but I'm in the forest every day. We have 250 waterfalls in the county that I'm in. So I am in the forest and I'm hiking, and I just started this thing called Wild Souls Nature Adventures. So I, I would say right now at this stage, kind of you said this version of me, I'm all about magic and being wild and staying like super awake and alive. And that's, that's where I am right now. <laughs> oh my <Kind> God. A... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this stage that you're at. It sounds so <laughs> vibrant. Like I wish the listeners could see right now. You're just... <laughs> You're glowing. <laughs> I love it here. This place lights me up. And you know, that's, that's like an, a, an invitation that I would, would put out there to every woman. Every woman is figure out what geography just makes you come alive. What turns you on? And yeah. it's going to keep changing as you go through different life stages. I mean, there was a long time that Austin, Texas turned me on. And then it didn't, yeah. you know? And now this area that I'm in, in Western North Carolina, is what really makes me come alive. Um, and when you are aligned with the geography and sense of place, whew, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I, I live on a mountain too, Renee. So I'm out in the woods hiking every day and it's where it's where I need to be. Yeah. I love it. And I also really appreciate, thank you for sharing your story. And I think it's really important for, for people to listen to other people's stories and really hear them. Um, I'm in my late twenties and I have friends and family members who are my age and younger, and they think that they have to have everything figured out right now. And I think that your story is a beautiful representation of um, just following your curiosity one step at a time. And I mean, looking at your story, it's just, it's just bloomed into something beautiful. Your work in the world is significant and needed. And um, I can just see that you have really followed your passion and Um, I hope that this can give people a reminder um, to give themselves permission to not have it all figured out. I I love that you are saying this um, and it's so important for everybody to hear. um, But particularly when you're in your twenties and thirties, it's really, really important to hear that because there's this crazy crap out there that where we think we have to have it together or have a plan. Um, And I will say, because I know we're going to explore the power of retreats and retreating is that I would not be where I am if I had not regularly paused, Tori, like paused a lot, meaning taken retreats, taken retreats. So, you know, I'm a huge advocate for going away, weekend retreats, week retreats, but really at the core of my evolution was every 90 days, Mm. I would take a personal retreat for one day for eight hours. I would step away from my life. I would take the 30,000 foot view and I would ask, what is uniquely mine to do Mm. and what is the best use of my time energy and talents in the next 90 days not the next 10 years or year but just 90 days you know and i'm happy to share i can send um a little uh you know guideline or post on how to take a personal retreat like how do you do that you know and it doesn't have to cost a penny Uh, but this is something you can do every quarter on your own minimum of four hours ideally eight hours but it's hitting that pause button, stepping back and getting really quiet. Um, and, you know, I'm so passionate about retreats because I believe they're a date with your wise self. So mm-hmm. Tori, you had read your letter, yeah. beautiful, beautiful from your wise self. And, you know, your wise self is, it may be your soul. It may be the divine. It may be the universe. It may be your intuition, but it's that part of you that holds the highest and best for you and holds an oceanic space of possibility and potential for you. She's always there and you will not connect with her unless you create the time and the space and the stillness to hear her. Mm, And I can completely attest to that. When I, when my feet hit the parking lot at Kripalu, there's just a vastness there. And then the way you gave us space to really reflect and be alone and then connect with one another. I feel like I, I just, I didn't know how to access that wise self the you know, whatever we want to call it inside um, until I attended your retreat. Um, but I'm curious, can you like, do you remember your first retreat, Renee? Like, what was it? <laughs> well, I, I love that question because um so you know all my friends laugh because I I think I 
Tori, I've been gathering women since I was, you know, probably 18 years old or maybe <laughs> even before that. I don't know. I love women. I love to gather women. I love to gather women intentionally, intentionally, you know, for ritual and, and tapping into the power of circle and the power. I write a lot about the power of sisterhood. I do a lot in the area of women's empowerment, women's leadership. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back and even though I was gathering women like I would organize girls getaways and things like you know my early 20s I wanted what comes to me is when I was working as a director of communications in biotech I was working for this large corporation and I went on a leadership retreat I was probably in my late 20s and I remember on this retreat we were doing visioning and they were using um creative and experiential type of processes to kind of bring us into a visioning space and really, really mixing up. I study the brain a lot. So they were doing a lot around, around neuroplasticity and in, in our brains. Yeah. But I remember being on this corporate retreat. So here you are with all your, you know, people that you work with in, in corporate America and they played Parker Bell's Canon and that beautiful piece of music that everybody knows. And they had us do it was some type of visioning journaling exercise in nature. And I remember being blown away at what I accessed. Mm. And I really would say that that retreat in many ways was my first in that it wasn't about content. It wasn't a content dump, you know, and it wasn't about leaving with a deliverable. It was about sinking into a sacred space Mm. and being with, your your inner wisdom your wise self there's the poet mark nepo um he has this wonderful poem i don't know if you remember the poem that i read called the friend and he says there's a friend older than birth who danced with you before you had a body can you feel her Hmm. and so a retreat is an invitation whether it's four hours or whether it's four days to come into that sacred relationship with yourself and really hear what is it that I most need to hear right now. What is my life trying to tell me? You know, and it doesn't matter. You know, as we plow through our to-do lists and we have all our apps and our tools and we do all these great, you know, things. If we don't stop, just dead in our tracks, stop and get quiet and get still. Mm-hmm. We can't hear. We can't hear. You know. Mm-hmm. So I would say that was my first retreat and really tasting the sacred and what is possible when we really stop and get quiet um, in, in a, in a um, very intentional way. Yeah. And I know before we hit record, you had mentioned that we call so many events retreats now. And so would you say that a true retreat is when you're able to have that connection with yourself, that access to your wise self? Yeah, there's kind of some tenets of retreats. So retreats have gotten super popular, which is awesome. But I almost, I noticed that people, you know, it'll, there'll be a two hour workshop and they call it a retreat, or there will be a conference with, you know, 500 people and they call it a retreat. Um, I think retreats can look differently in a lot of different settings, but some of the things that I, when I think of a retreat, first of all, you're slowing down, which can feel really uncomfortable if you're type A and you're used to going, going, going and doing, I don't know if it felt slow to you when you came on the retreat, but at the beginning, you know, and, and, and there's, a, we do a lot of, have a lot of experiential, um, you know, practices during the retreat, but you definitely need to slow down. So it's slower. 
there is a lot of planting seeds, meaning that, you know, kind of pieces of wisdom or things to germinate. Um, I, I often say like things that kind of go into your compost bin, things that you can sit with and germinate on. Yeah. Um, as opposed to if you're in a workshop and it's just endless content, endless content, you know, so slower planting seeds, experiential. So the opportunity to connect with yourself, connect with others um, in a safe, in a sacred space. Um, and yes, probably the most important is that there is some focus and they may use different, different languaging on connecting with your inner wisdom or your wise self, you know. And most people, Tori, it's so funny, they'll come into retreat because they're in the middle of a career change mm -hmm. or a huge life transition. And they're like, I want to leave here. You know, it's like a weekend. I do a lot of weekend retreats. I want to leave here Sunday. And I want to know the answer. I want to know exactly what path to take or where to go. But invariably, people that come into a retreat, they, they leave with illumination. But often what they most needed to hear or experience was not what they thought it was going to be, you know, they kind of end up going in a different direction. Um, but I just, I feel so strongly. I really, I think I'm a retreat evangelist, you know, so I take retreats as much as I lead retreats. And I really yeah. think that that, that sacred pause, hitting the pause button and going on retreat is what allows me to play big in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I've written all these books and I have a publishing company and I'm an international speaker and blah, 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 whatever. But I like to play big and I like to challenge myself creatively and work at my edge. And that has come through my um, ability to resource myself continually through retreats and through pausing. Mm, okay. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm curious if you mind answering this, have you, it sounds like you and your family, you are, you were born into a family that played big, correct? I would say um, in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no, but yet very creative family. You know, we lived off the grid, no television. We, you know, part of my upbringing, I lived in a yoga community in Northern California. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, there was this, if you're going to, um, you know, play the violin, you should strive to be, you know, it's a Perlman or something. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. that, that thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. And what, where, I'm curious, can you recall a time in your life where you felt like you wanted to do the next thing and it felt too big? Like how, and how did you work through that? Or did it all yeah. kind of gradually stack on one another? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were many times for sure where I, I, I like to stretch myself and I like to take risks. That's what makes me feel alive. So I'm always kind of working at my edge. That's kind of my, my style. Um, but definitely when I was writing my first book and I had a big publisher that wanted me to, they were ready for me to sign on the dotted line and something in me said, no, they cannot hold your vision. They don't, they don't understand what you're trying to do with this first book. Mm -hmm. So I let it sit and I let it sit and I let it, which is so hard because I'm such a, 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 a love to go and, and um, you know, manifest and achieve, yeah. but I kept sitting with it and sitting with it. And then I finally heard my wise self say, you need to open your own publishing company. Now, I, since then I have worked with other publishers, but this was my, my first book. 
And so I opened Balanced Living Press. I cashed out my 401k. I hired like eight people because we really wanted to do it right. And um, it was terrifying. I mean, absolutely terrifying. Um, but there comes a time, you know, I also have a career coaching firm and, and did, used to do a lot of career strategy with people. And there comes a time where, you know, the pain of, of not doing that mm. would be so great that you can't go with it. You must go with it. You must go with the impulse, the creative impulse or the wave, you know, um, or you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. And it's, and it's terrifying, but you feel like you just have to do it. I mean, that, I don't know if that, if that happened to you when you started this new adventure, you know, yeah. you feel like I have to do this. I may not know exactly all the details of what it's going to look like. And I may be scared as shit, but like, I have to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just had a single idea and I just did the first thing, which was right. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and it evolved into into so many things that scared me. And I've really just had to, um, I've really just had to lean into the edge like you're talking about and um, really be able to set boundaries and get quiet when I need to. And that's hard when you're moving so fast and, and pressing on that edge, there's that piece of you that just wants to keep going. And then there's that inevitable, inevitable reality of burnout if you don't. And you need to be able to stop before that happens. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest gifts, um, another gift of going on a retreat and pausing, whether you do personal retreat or whether you go on a guided retreat, is that you begin to realize that there are different ways of seeing and being. Mm -hmm. And so what I got really curious about is how can I play big and how can I do all these things that I want to do? But yeah. do it in a way that feels really self-nurturing mm -hmm. and self-nourishing. Is that even possible? I mean, that was my first question. You know, was that even possible? And so beginning to surround myself with people that modeled that for me, mm -hmm. beginning to get super curious. I used to walk around the house, Tori. I remember when I would feel speeded up, like if I had a lot of contracts and, and a lot of things going on. And I would say, you know, to hear, hear the words come out of my mouth, this has to be done, you know, the next day, this has to be done by five o'clock. And then I would get in this habit. And I remember one day I was walking down, I was working in my home office one day, I was walking down the stairs and I heard this little voice go, you know, for, this has to be done by five o'clock. I heard this little voice say, really, really, <laughs> really? And so I started getting curious and challenging my own thinking. Mm. And from that came new ways of being, new ways of working, new ways of being. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, just another plug for the pausing that, that can't come when you're on the hamster wheel yeah. that comes from pausing, slowing down, getting curious and asking for help for sure. Yeah. I think your point about it, I mean, especially this point about surrounding yourself around people who you aspire to be or who are showing that balance in their life, because sometimes if that's not modeled for us, it's not normalized. And so we don't even know that we can give ourselves permission to, to hit that, to take a pause or to make that investment in yourself or to spend time away from your family and work to retreat. Um, so I really appreciate that insight um, because I feel like that's a tangible practice that people can start implementing. 
Yes, yes, that's such a great point. Somebody said to me the other day when I was here because I'm starting to have a lot of my speaking and I'm just had, you know, assign all these contracts for retreats in 2022. And they were asking me to come and, and meet them. I don't remember what it was to meet them to look at a house or something. And I said, Oh, I can't. That time is blocked out. Mm-hmm. I'm getting some body work done from two to four. And they were so surprised. They're like, Well, so you schedule and you you make your self-care as important as your work. And I said, no, I make it more important. (laughs) So I actually start my day with like, what do I need today? Like in the morning, I wake up in the morning and I do a body scan, you know, from the crown of my head, all the way down to my toes. I put my hand on my chest and I ask, what do I need today to feel really resourced and really nourished? And then when I hear that, then I guide my day in that direction. And sometimes it's saying no, dumping things. Sometimes it's coming home early so I can take an Epsom salt bath. Sometimes it's um, changing, you know, who I was going to hang out with. I'm really big on women being very mindful about your friendships and like who really feeds you Mm -hmm. um, and really curating your friendships. So yes, so absolutely making your self-care as important as your work meetings, if not more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm curious, Renee, have there been moments while, while hosting retreats where you have felt like, um, some, some of your retreat members are not as familiar with self-care that their self-care practice isn't, isn't really there yet. Um, how are, what are some like gentle ways to introduce that during retreat or in regular life for people who are just not, don't really know where to start? Sure. That's such a good question. Such a good question. So yeah, kind of self-care and where to begin. Yeah. Um, so two things come to mind. Um, I have a really simple, I call it quickie journaling and mm-hmm. I do it all the time. And I don't know if you remember this from the retreat, but there's three questions. It's really simple, really short. You can do it in five minutes. And I recommend keeping a journal in your purse or in the car. I have, I have journals in the car and in my purse and at home <laughs> where you can pull it out. And if you feel like just grumpy or irritable or wacky or like out of alignment, mm-hmm. you pull out your journal and pen and you ask, how do I feel? And you just allow yourself kind of stream of consciousness to answer that. Um, second question, what do I need? So what do I need in this moment? And allowing yourself to answer that. And then the third question, what do I want? Mm. What do I want? What is my heart's greatest desire in this moment? And what people will find is as they do that over time, it's kind of like feeding yourself on a different level. So we can you know, we can give ourselves, you know, M&Ms and cotton candy, or we can give ourselves like black beans and brown rice, right? Uh, (laughs) So it's kind of like the black beans and brown rice, like really nourishing yourself on a deeper level that how do I feel? What do I need? What do I want? And as you do that, your, your psyche really responds to that. Like, oh my gosh, I'm actually being heard. You know, your wise self is leaping for joy. Oh my gosh, she's finally listening to me, you know? And the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And then also, you know, the body scan that I talked about when you wake up in the morning and just scanning from the crown of your head down to your toes and just tuning in for a moment before you look at your phone, before you do anything and just asking, you know, what do I need today? What do I need today? Do I need to course correct, change my schedule? 
do I need to alter my day where I can be more kind to myself? Mm. Um, and, you know, there's so much I could say about self-care. I think one of the biggest, um, you know, perspectives I would offer around self-care is that it's not something to add to your to-do list. Mm, yes. It's about exploring a new way of being with yourself. Yeah. It's about entering into a more intimate, more gentle, more kind, more loving relationship with yourself. And it may feel really weird at first, and even hearing that. I mean, I used to have one of my mentors, she would, I'd go get a massage. And I remember I was worked at this super fast paced ad agency and handled the national account for Whole Foods Market. And it was just like cray cray. And she said, I would leave and she would say, she'd give me a glass of lemongrass water. And then she would say, be gentle with yourself. And I remember I'd always leave so perplexed, like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I would just sit with that question and sit with it. Well, now I know what it means, but at the time, you know, I was like, wow, what does that mean? Be gentle with yourself. So it's self-care is really a moment to moment experience. And that's something that I feel really strongly about trying to communicate and give practices and opportunities to experience during my retreats is really taking this idea of of self-care and turning it on its head and really understanding what Renee's talking about is not so much doing sometimes you do something but sometimes it's a shift in mindset and it's a moment to moment experience the self-care a moment to moment experience of attuning and responding to your needs and desires Mm. moment to moment doing that does that make sense yes it it does and And it almost reminds me of meditation, right? Like instead of trying to control your thoughts, just simply observe them and be curious by them. And the way you're describing this form of self-care is not controlling yourself, but really just checking in in a curious way without any judgment or pressure and letting letting that be enough. I love what you just said. You could, you could not have articulated it better. Yeah. Being curious, being compassionate and letting whatever's there. Yeah. Be enough. And in fact, when people leave retreats, Tori, I say that if you hear nothing else, um, while you are here, if you just, if you're leaving with this, um, maybe a willingness to Mm -hmm. play with that, putting your hand on your chest as you go through your day and asking, what do I need? I mean, you can do this in the middle of a work meeting. You can do this in the middle of the grocery store. Nobody knows. They don't know what you're doing, you know, but this, this, what do I need? What do I need? Closing your eyes for a moment. It is so profound to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that helps that I love, I don't know if you remember this from the retreat is getting a picture of your little self between the ages of three and five. And putting that in your office or on your refrigerator or on your mirror in the bathroom. And I have little pictures of Renee everywhere. And it helps me so much because I would never deprive her of physical, emotional, need a hug or good nourishing food or water or rest or moving her body or being in nature. I would never deprive her of that. And so it helps me again, cultivate that tenderness towards myself. Mm, I love that. And I, I do practice that still. I, and I actually tell my clients and friends and it's all because of you, I'm like find a picture of your, of your younger self and remember that she's still in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, I have, I think I have one more question. I have to ask you this one before we dive into the fleeting eight, but Renee, you have been facilitating retreats for 30 years and I want to know what is one of the most magical things you've been able to witness in general, or maybe it's a specific memory. My gosh, there's so many, there's so many, don't make me choose one. Oh, oh. There's so many, I would say, okay, this is kind of a collective observation, but I have to share this and I will share this. And I experienced this because I just got back from retreat in Floyd, Virginia yesterday. I just got back amazing uh, movement retreat. But what I would say is one of the most magical things is women usually like for my weekend retreats, they arrive on Friday, like afternoon, we start at seven o'clock. Um, And then we go through the weekend and we end um, around lunchtime on Sunday. And Tori, when people get there Friday night, and we always do yoga nidra at the very end, like a deep relaxation, Mm -hmm. people are stressed out They're, um, you know, sometimes they've never been in a group. They don't know what's going to happen or, you know, and, and we do a lot of things to really calm and settle their nervous system. But as they go through the weekend with the experiences with one another and small groups and being in nature and movement and all the things that we do that are very intentional to really help them settle like like a snow globe kind Mm -hmm. of settle more and more settle like deeper and deeper within yourself on Sunday and Valerie and Nicole and uh, Margaret often assist me. These are my wonderful, I don't know if you remember meeting my wonderful teaching assistants. But, and they're my best friends. So I bring my best friends. Um, on Sunday, um, when we are doing our final um, sharing in the large circle, people look totally different. They look like different people. I mean, they, they look younger. They're glowing. They're just like radiating. They, their voices change. Their body language has changed. It is so profound to witness that. I mean, it brings us to tears every time to see that. And it was funny because yesterday I came back from the retreat and I was talking to, to my husband and we were doing, he, he was an awesome, we were doing a FaceTime and he's like, you are glowing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just got back from doing, you know, this amazing movement and being in nature and like journaling and being with my sweet self. And, um, and I feel so resourced. I mean, my well is so full and I'm in this beautiful, contemplative, magical, mystical, sacred space, you know, that I was really carrying back with me. And I even took all day yesterday to integrate. I made myself this beautiful kale salad and I went to the forest and put my feet in the river. And I mean, I had like a ton of work to do, but I knew that I wanted to have that space to like integrate all the yumminess, you know, from the retreat. So Mm -hmm. I would say that is one of, one of many, there's so many magical things, you know, that, that I observed, but just seeing seeing the women be transformed physically and spiritually and emotionally is jaw dropping. Yeah. Yes. And I do remember that feeling being one of your retreat members. And I have a specific memory of you putting on this beautiful music and invited us to dance or just move around how we wanted. And it was the first time I let myself go in front of a large group of women who I had never met before. And it actually made me cry. And, and 
I was so embarrassed. And then I remember you pointing out that you had seen some of us crying and how um, that was kind of a signal that we like our feminine selves just wanted that experience so deeply. And they, they, they'd maybe even been locked up for, for a little while. Um, so I, oh, yes, I'm like going back to Kripalu right now in 2019 and reliving that and just loving it. I'm with you sister. I am loving it too. I can feel into it. Oh, yes. Oh, well, I could ask, I could hold you hostage for like three more days, but I won't remain. <laughs> I'm going to dive into the fleeting eight where I ask you eight questions. And after each question, you just give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Fun. Yes. Yes. Where is your favorite place in nature? Oh. Okay. There's this tree in the Pisgah Forest here in Western North Carolina. And this tree um, looks like a woman. So she has this gorgeous shape and these gorgeous breasts and hips. And then she has this gorgeous lap. So her trunk comes out and it forms like a lap. And I go and curl up and I sit in her lap. And I journal and whenever I have a question that I'm struggling with, I go sit in this beautiful tree woman's lap and I be with her Um, and it is, Oh, it's my favorite place. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh my gosh. I need to go find my, my tree lady now because that sounds amazing. Oh, so beautiful. Where is your, um, actually, what is your favorite exercise or movement activity? Dance, 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 dance. I thought you would say that. <laughs> I started something here in North Carolina called Wild Souls um, Dance, but yeah, I have been, I started doing, um, and when I'm talking about dance, this is like inside out dancing, you know, so I'm not dancing to perform or not doing, you know, jazz or ballet or modern or anything like that. This is really um, expressive movement, conscious movement. So um, I'm, you know, and there's different types. There's wonderful dance like Mia and Koya and five rhythms and, you know, journey dance and all these dances, but I've created a form of dance that um, I've been guiding women in. That's really beautiful and expressive. Um, And so that's my, by far my favorite way to move my body. Mm, I love that. What is something that you're grateful for right now? I'm grateful for you, Tori. I'm grateful for this opportunity because I just, I feel like you have such a gorgeous um, way of articulating and feeling and sharing um, experiences in your life. And I think you're really going to reach a lot of women in, in a very powerful way. So I'm really grateful that you reached out and that we reconnected. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, um, what is a mantra or affirmation that has helped you? Mm. many things are true at once oh things are true at once so you know when we get hit or slammed by something in life that feels so crunchy and so hard we can feel it and acknowledge it but know that at the same time there's also the capacity to feel joy and delight and pleasure um and so I love that reminder that um always many things are true at once about people and situations and everything. 
Mm, I remember you saying that actually at the retreat and it really has stuck with me since. Um, what is your definition of self-care? So to me, my definition that I was sharing earlier that I just can't share enough is really um, attuning, attuning in, attuning and responding to our needs and our desires moment to moment. So attuning and responding to our needs and desires moment to moment. And another huge piece of that, which I teach a lot, and I'm about to do some retreats around this, is sovereignty, this idea of not abandoning ourselves and self-care being a way to support us in standing in allegiance to ourselves. Mm, Beautiful. What is a random act of kindness that you have done or received? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I love, I love to do random acts of kindness and I love to receive them. Um, I love natural foods. So I do a lot of natural foods cooking. I love to nurture people through cooking and I love to receive cooking. And I just had a friend, a new friend here, bring me this unbelievable homemade applesauce like that's so good and I'm just like every time I eat a bite of it it's just like liquid love you know so right now I'm really savoring Lynn's um cinnamon applesauce it's just it's so yummy and then if when I cook I have like a really dear friend here um, who's a teacher and I when I cook I love to cook for her and share food with her as well so a lot of food stuff going on in my life yeah yum (laughs) Um, Renee, what is something that you recently did that scared the shit out of you, but felt inspiring all at the same time? That would be last night. (laughs) So I am challenging myself, Tori, and training myself to hike in the dark um, without a flashlight or without any, any light and just by the light of the moon. And so, and my friend has kind of taught me how to do this, but last night I was doing an exercise for a writing class that I'm in and we had to go choose a rock and a stone from the river. So a girlfriend was supposed to go with me and we were supposed to do a hike in the woods and it was like five o'clock and the sun was, you know, getting dark and it's completely set like by six o'clock and she couldn't come. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go. And so I went into the forest on this trail and I was hiking and I could hear the owls come out and I could hear the rustling like in the forest next to me as I was walking on this path. And um, I kind of went pretty far out. And by the time I came back, I was walking in the dark wow. and it, it, it is becoming less and less scary to me mm. because I feel so connected to the trees here. I feel like the trees are holding me and protecting me. Mm. Um, but you know, a year ago, if you had thrown me on that experience that I had last night, I would have been terrified because we've got bears here everywhere. There are bears everywhere. Oh, oh yeah. God. Like downtown, like people see bears all the time. And I was completely by myself, you know, so um, it was scary and exhilarating and okay. wild. <laughs> Embracing the wild women. I love it. Right. And the last question, how do you practice slowing down? The biggest way, the thing that helps me most slow down is really listening to my sweet body. Mm. So when I am moving too fast, I'll feel it. We all will. We'll feel it in three places. We'll feel it in our belly or we'll feel it in our chest or we feel it in our upper back, like a tightness or a clenching. 
for a nausea in our, in our tummies. And I, it's taken me a while, but definitely nurturing this, you know, of really learning how to listen to my body. My body's talking to me. Um, it will tell me when it's time to slow down, when I'm moving too fast, or when I need to say no to something. Mm. So it's really my most powerful GPS system. Mm. Love that. All right. Well, I would love it if you would take the next few minutes to share how others can connect with you. And I know you have some really amazing things coming up in your world. Um, Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So I love, um, I've been doing, um, I, I put out a weekly blog called Live Inside Out blog, and I've been doing these fun questions. So I'll go into the forest and I'll ask a question around self-care that I'm sitting with and I'll invite people to join me. Hmm. So they can definitely go to my, it's just renetrudeau.com slash blog. If they want to check those out and subscribe, it comes out every Tuesday morning. And um, I'm really excited on um, Sunday, December 19th. From 1 to 4.30 p.m., I have a beautiful winter solstice retreat. I do this every year, Tori, in honor of my mother, because my mother's birthday is December 20th, and she died in her 50s. She died very young. And this retreat is called Sovereignty, a women's self-renewal retreat. So it's, um, it is, it's a virtual retreat. It's online, but there's singing and movement and nature and small groups and you have a little solo date. And I mean, it's not just me talking. It's very, very experiential. I um, mean, it's very accessible to people. So that I would offer that up. And then I'm really excited. February 4th through 6th, I will be at the gorgeous 1440 Multiversity um, in the Santa Cruz Mountains in California. Oh my um, doing uh, Awakening the Wild Soul. And then I'll be doing a retreat in Boone, North Carolina in this gorgeous, gorgeous um, college mountain town um, at this uh, stunning retreat center, uh, Mother's Day weekend, makes six through eight. And then I'll be doing a retreat at Kripalu again, October 14th through 16th, Awakening the Wild Soul. And hopefully an, uh, some more will be popping in there, but really excited. And all that's on my website and on the calendar if people want to check that out. Amazing. And are there spot open spots for all of those? There are right now and they're filling quickly because people are really excited to take retreats. So yeah, people have been signing up for the retreats that are even, you know, six months out or farther. So we're, we're, we're excited to be with them. Yeah. Amazing. And I will actually be at the one on the 19th, which I'm so excited for. Yay. Yay. Oh, I'm so excited. And we have women in that retreat from all over the world. So it's really fun to connect with sisters from Europe and Canada and Vermont and all over. Oh, I can't wait. Um, So for all the listeners out there, I will have all of the information in the show notes and definitely join me at the retreat on December 19th. And I will put that in the show notes. I love it. I love it. Well, Renee, I know our time is up, um, but is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with before we say goodbye? I would just really encourage everyone to just be really gentle with themselves right now. The world is starting to really, really speed up. Um, And I think next year is going to be really interesting. And just the reminder that you get to choose the pace at which you move. Mm. So people around us can be moving really fast. The media can be moving fast. The cray cray holiday season can be moving fast, but we get to choose our internal pace. So really honoring the pace at which your body wants to move um, 
and really, really listening and listening to your sweet wise self and carving out that time. And I'd love to send you the um, information on how people can do a personal retreat. Yes. You know, if they can't yes. make it to a retreat, how they could do that on their own. I'd love to send that. Yeah, I can put that in the show notes if you send that to me, Renee. Great. Amazing. Well, thank you thank so you. much. This has yes. been amazing. Thank you so much. And I, I'll see you on the 19th. Yes, this was great fun. Thank you so much. I loved it. Have a great night, Renee. Okay, take care. You too, bye. Okay, how good was that conversation? Isn't Renee amazing? I definitely have the retreat bug and maybe you do too. And if so, I have great news for you because you have the chance to enter into a giveaway to potentially win a free spot at one of Renee's upcoming retreats on December 19th. She has a retreat all about sovereignty and it is virtual. So you do not need to travel anywhere where you can curl up on your couch with a hot mug of tea and experience the magic of retreat from the comfort of your home. So this was so generous of Renee to offer, and I will actually be there. I am attending that retreat, and I am so excited. So if this conversation spoke to you, if you're craving a retreat experience, please take advantage of this giveaway because you could potentially win a free spot, which is a $99 value. So to enter, it's pretty simple. All you need to do is share this podcast episode with at least three people in your life who you think would enjoy listening to it. And then you will email me at rinseandrepeatstudio at gmail.com, letting me know that you've shared the podcast and that you're officially entering the giveaway. And I will let you know before um, the 19th of December, before Sunday, if you were the winner or not. All right, email me with questions and hopefully I'll see you at the retreat. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I would absolutely love to know what resonated with you. Um, give me a shout out on Instagram or DM me. My handle is T-O-R-E-Y dot Hill. It's my name, Tori dot Hill. Um, and hearing from all of you literally lights me up. It makes my day. And it really gives me amazing insight on where to take the next podcast episode. So if you want to contribute and help design this podcast, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I'd really, truly love to hear from you. And if this podcast episode made you think of someone in your life, please share it with them. Expanding this community will make this world a bit more magical and your help in doing so will literally make all of the difference. And lastly, make sure to follow this podcast so you can catch the next episode. I'll see you there.